Inside the Peloton here in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas with Dave Toll. Dave, always great. Yeah, good to see you, George. Definitely a pleasure. Uh, so beautiful outside. <laughs> uh, lots of rain falling. Temperatures are cool. The leaves are very pretty. Kind of brings to mind the end of the road season. It does. The race of the falling leaves, as they call Lombardi. I've, the Italians do it better than anyone, don't they? Like... <laughs> on a multiple, maybe not. Uh, there may be a few things like economy that they're <laughs> not the best at, but certainly food and art and uh, cycling and language. I think they've got it. So, end of the 2015 road season. What are your thoughts? Well, I get, you know, I guess that I'd have to ask you what road season we're talking about with so many, so much racing going on. You know, this is something that actually I. I, I was thinking about the other day. It's like, well, so you're an expert in cycling, or if you want to think you are. Well, what what kind of cycling? There's so much. Like, you know, I, I don't follow mountain biking other than being a fan of the sport now. I'm not in-depth in reading what's going on with the guys. I really love Stephen Ed Ed Edinger, the, the American. Uh, uh, I've always been a big Todd Wells fan. Uh, but I don't have enough bandwidth to stay current with the European pros and what's going on with Nino and that kind of stuff. I have to focus in on domestic racing, American pro men, American pro women, and then uh, the European pro scene and how that overlaps with races like Amgen Tour of California or Utah or USA Pro Challenge. So that's really the – and the other thing to add is the up-and-coming junior riders and, uh, you know, junior national championships and what's happening with that and what's happening with master racing. So, you know, I, I try to pay attention to all of it, but I think my main focus really is on domestic men and women and European pro men and women. That's kind of – you know, where I put the lion's share of my attention for sure. So looking back on the 2015 men's road season domestically. I wanted to start with domestic men. There you go. All <laughs> right. We're on the same same <laughs> wavelength. Um, I'm really bummed to see Smart Stop go away. I'm, uh, I'm, there's some encouraging things that have happened and some discouraging things that have happened. Uh, as far as the teams go, Optum, I'm excited to see Danny Pate come back to America. Uh, but once again, and Rob Britton getting a ride works out really well for a lot of people that were supporting him and really hoping that things you know continue down the right path for him, and it looks like it is. But losing Smart Stop is, a, is really rough for the, the sport in America. Michael Creed was doing a tremendous job. They were racing well. They were super professional. Uh, they added a lot to the events that they were at. They did, I, it would have been nicer to see them have a longer run. That's for sure. But then teams like, I mean, I'm the most excited about what Jonas Carney and Optum have done. Bringing Danny Pate over, uh, that's huge. Uh, it's interesting to see how it's not that fortunes change. It's that people's desires and place in life and that kind of thing changes. Where Danny Pate now can move back to Colorado, race a domestic schedule. He's, I'm sure he's done just fine working for Sky financially. He can kind of now do what he wants. And the grind over in Europe, maybe enough is enough. I, I'm, not, I'm not speaking for Danny Pate, but I'm going to assume he could have found a, a world tour ride if he wanted to. But this was a better option for him. Where Phil Guyman is really excited to be back in the world tour. Taking a year off was not exactly ideal for him, but Optum was there. They were a safety net. He used that perfectly and ends up back on Cannondale Garmin. And it goes to show you, uh, you know, uh, don't burn your bridges in this sport. 
uh, you know, I'm sure Phil learned some lessons after he wrote his book. And one of them that he must have learned was burning bridges. And by staying in contact with Jonathan, staying just, just positive about stuff, he gets back in the world tour. So good for him. I think that's, you know, he deserves it. Uh, so yeah, I think that, you know, wrapping up the season, the American teams were phenomenal throughout the year. The, the United Healthcare's and the Optums and the Jelly Bellies. I mean, talk about a team that punched above their weight. Jelly Belly was insanely no good kidding. this year. Yeah. Danny Van Out, man, he's the money ball of, of, you know, domestic professional cycling. He gets great riders for, you know, he doesn't have a huge budget, but he gets the most out of it. That's for sure. His attitude to me is just so amazing because he helps develop these guys and encourages them to move on. He does. I mean, yeah. And, you know, and he also, is, he's there in the back end too. Like, you know, Fred Rodriguez rode, rode yeah, for them exactly. for a while. So, uh, you know, yeah, he puts together, it's not a ragtag group of racers, but it's a, it's an interesting group that he, mm-hmm. that he always ends up with, but man, did they deliver this year throughout the year. And then the, the races themselves were all the It was the best year that I've ever seen in America as far as the product and the quality that was delivered from Amgen Tour, from Tour of Utah, USA Pro Challenge, uh, the tours of like uh, Tulsa Tough. uh, All of these events were they a lot of them had their best year ever this year and cycling real and then the world championships coming along was the icing on the cake and i should add tour of alberta to that as well but the world championships coming along and being such a hugely successful event on all metrics really ends up you leave the road season feeling pretty good about racing in america domestic women not as good and that's not on the women. They, they fantastic racing, but unfortunately, we're losing more teams. We're, we're, you know, not we're, we all the hard work being done by the, the powers that be in women's cycling. Uh, I, I just have we haven't seen the change that I'd like to have seen. Um, the the situation remains uh, really. Where just a couple good sponsors stepping in right now. If we could find uh, another Saturn, uh, you know, that would be massive to get twelve women uh, a, a real contract and and the support they need to go do a real racing season in America and Europe. Um, uh, teams out there right now really are reliant. No, I should say racers are really reliant on USA Cycling to get them over to Europe and get them the experience that they need to to race at the highest level. You know, one of the forgotten Americans is definitely Shelley Olds, who uh, is is doing exactly that. I mean, she was fourth in the Olympic Games. She had a flat tire. She you know, most likely would have been on the podium at the Olympics in London. And yet, because she races in Europe almost full-time, comes back a little bit to race in the U.S., you don't hear much about her. But that's how you get on the Olympic team and get the UCI points and get the experience that makes you relevant at the end of a sta- at end of a race is by doing what she's doing. I mean, look at Megan Garnier. She's been racing in Europe now, and she's unbelievably talented, 
she's been racing pretty much full time in Europe for the last three years. Uh, the only time you see her back in the States is really going to be Worlds or uh, National Championship. So for the top, top women now, there's really no – the feeder system is USA Cycling, which is great and good for USA Cycling. But there's no – you know, Tibco has been wonderful. I mean that team deserves a lot of credit. Linda Jackson mm-hmm. and what they've been doing for a long time also goes underpraised in my opinion. Um but once again, losing that the Jones team, the, the BMW smart uh, that team going away really hurts. Uh, uh, the whatever was happening with a lot of the domestic teams at the end of the year was was confusing and uh, and certainly not good for the the growth of the sport. Uh, uh, thinking about the Peppers team, you know that 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 just really unraveled on them at the the end of the year. A lot of infighting, and it was just weird and unprofessional. Really, uh, you look at, uh, uh, I guess right now, thank goodness we've got the Optum women and the United Healthcare women to to prop up the cornerstones. But we need more. You know that. Uh, model of sponsorship, I think, is amazing from uh, United Healthcare and Optum, where they have a men's and a women's team. Do you think there might be more of that in the future? Ah, uh, well, I mean, it it, it seems like that's going to be driven from your sponsor. Uh, certainly seems to have worked well for them. Well, it, I I would agree. You know, uh, the, the for Optum and United Healthcare, uh, both are companies that are going to be super, super savvy to, to gender equality, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think that when you're in that boardroom trying to sell this team sponsorship model and you're looking at that board, the, the, the round table and half mm-hmm. of the people sitting there are women and they ask you why you don't have a women's team as well. I'd love to hear your answer at that point to the people that are going to be writing the check. And it turns out it's a woman who's going to be deciding. So you might want to think a little bit about that. Where uh, some of these other teams, um, you know, with uh, they they don't have that same. Uh, they're not being called to task on on that same level. So uh, you know, I wouldn't expect a Tinkoff Saxo Bank uh, uh, women's team anytime soon. I don't get that Oleg would be particularly sympathetic to what the women's peloton is looking for, you know, or, but, you know, hopefully we can grow and hopefully Oleg will get that message and, and there will be maybe someday. Pro tour teams. Well, I mean, I, I don't, when you look at, at at the season, certainly, uh, I mean, I thought it was a pretty balanced year all in all. You know, no one team. I mean, yes, Sky wins the Tour de France with Froome, and that's huge. But it was a pretty exciting uh, Contador winning the the Giro, and then Fabio Aru winning uh, the Vuelta. Uh, you know, these these it's pretty balanced when you look at it. Uh, the you know Degen Kolb uh, was great at one point in the year. You know the. Uh, it was it was just I, I liked the flow of the season. I thought the the racing was good all year long. Uh, it wasn't like BMC or Sky with their huge budgets were able to completely control things. So, you know, I'm excited for next year. I think that the the Peloton we didn't have you know the number of scandals that we've had in the past. It seemed to be like kind of at a lower level this year. Guys seem to hopefully be getting it more. Racing was a little more wide open. I, I think that the 
cameras that are coming into play now and the, the new technology is actually being shown to work. Um, that Abu Dhabi race where they had live video coming from the Peloton for the first time ever. And you got to remember now, too, that that was at an F1 track where they are racing. So the technology infrastructure was probably already in place in a lot of ways to make that possible. It's, I don't know that we can expect to see that from a mountaintop stage finish. It's still uh, pretty amazing to see. It was, it was. They've been doing that in F1 for years, though. Right. So, you know, it's it, obviously we're playing some catch up with the technology. But finally, the UCI, instead of trying to restrict everything and stop everything, and now that they have a mindset of, no, it seems like Brian Cookson has, has turned that around where they're looking for the, these telemetrics and to be coming out of the racing. And live video is obviously key. And it, it's nice to see. I mean, 10 years ago, the UCI would have been like, no dangerous cameras will fall off this or that and now they're saying no the cameras aren't going to fall off you know get k edge to make you amount that that thing will never fall off so ultimately we're uh we're making some strides forward leads right into our next question politically what did you see in 2015 changes that were made that that improved the sport well i get so brian cookson doesn't count for 2015 but he certainly i think has been fantastic um, uh, he's showing up at the right places. He's, he's, uh, doing the right things. Um, so, uh, politically, uh, seeing Derek Richard Hall come into power, uh, at USA cycling is tremendous. I, there's people I never would have thought, uh, I would hear saying that they had hope for the future with USA cycling are now saying that, uh, th- this is, if this isn't the turning point for USA Cycling and the American governing body and the government governance of the sport, uh, then it, then we're doomed. If this one doesn't work, then I, I don't know what to say, but we might as well burn it to the ground and, and start over because this guy is the guy. There's no question. And that goes to Bob Stapleton too. But my trust for them is implicit. Uh, like I said, if, if these guys can't get it done, I don't believe the human beings exist on this planet that can. So I'm all in and supporting what USA Cycling is doing. And I know things aren't perfect and there's a long way to go. But I really believe that uh, you know we're on the right path again. You really feel it. End of one season. Of course, signals the beginning of another. Olympic year coming up. What do you did, did the Olympics? Did Rio have any effect on this year? Had to. Well, I mean, you know, that cycle is the in sport. It's it's the lunar cycle of sport. Talking about the Olympics and how Universal is dumping their their channel, uh, which is really NBC, getting rid of Universal Sports. To me, is amazing when you look at the timing. If you're going to get rid of this oh, channel, no you would do it in seventeen. Not 15, you what idiots. Happened? Like, seriously. <laughs> it's like you own all of these rights to all of these Olympic sports. The, you know, the Olympics are now eight months away. What morons. Like, that channel has been so completely mismanaged. It, it's not even... It, it's pathetic that they were allowed to have the rights to American cycling. Uh, or, or, excuse me, to, to cycling for for the most part, being broadcast in the United States. I don't know anybody who has Universal on their TV. I have never seen it in a hotel. I, it was never available. 
uh, which I guess is why they folded. But <laughs> right, right, um, and sure, there's a there's a lot of bad decisions made along the way. But the fact that that's the channel that you associate with cycling, and yet you've never seen it or know anyone who has, uh, is kind of speaks to why we're at where we are right now in America. So, so let's hope that they give up those rights and the UCI now will allow us to watch racing on the web because the other thing that's happening, and I don't know, if, I don't know if you do it or not, but if you hack into, uh, European feeds, it just doesn't work anymore for the most part that they're, they're so polluted with Russian gangsters that are trying to, to hack into your bank account through you watching Liege best on Liege. It's not even funny. So you're pretty much crazy now to watch hacked feeds on your computer and they don't work for the most part anyways. So, so that's not, a, that's not a viable solution. It kind of was for a while there. Uh, like there was a couple year window where you could pretty much dial up, you know, go to cyclingfans.com and you can pretty much dial up any race that was on TV in Europe. You could find it on your computer and watch the, you know, the last 30K of Liège or whatever it was, but doesn't work for me anymore. And so, I, don't, I mean, I, maybe it works for other people who are better at that kind of stuff than I am. But but ultimately, it's just this void of, of coverage and uh, the UCI needs to take back their rights and, and you know, I mean, I can't, the frustration of trying to watch Cross Worlds a couple of years ago on pirated feeds because we couldn't get it any other way. Uh, the UCI channel was, we were geo-restricted, we're geo-blocked mm-hmm. here in the United States. And, uh, you know, a, a group of 12 people who got together at seven o'clock on a Sunday morning, clearly they're into this, right? This isn't a, a, a four o'clock in the afternoon group of people wandering over for a Super Bowl party. I mean, you're getting up at 630 in the morning on Sunday. You're pretty dedicated to what you're watching on TV. You know, someone is taking the time to cook breakfast for everyone and you sit around and gather around and we never watch the race. We never really saw it. We we get hacked feeds for five minutes and then it would crash, and then we you know scramble around to find another one. And I mean that's that's no way to live. That's no way to live. <laughs> so we can do better, and and certainly we always could have done better than Universal Sports. Yeah, that's just unbelievable to me. But Rio. Well, you know, I mean, it's, I'm excited. I mean, when you look at it, people don't really realize that what Taylor Finney did uh, at Worlds uh, saved our bacon as far as if Taylor didn't have the ride he did, we were not going to have anybody racing in the time trial at Rio. So that was huge. Uh, Megan Garnier already qualifying now uh, with her podium uh, at, at in Road Worlds. Just, just insane. Uh, how cool it is to know, you know, that the team is already being decided. America's going to be really, really strong at at the Rio games. Uh, it's going to be an exciting games. And it sounds like from what I've been reading lately that they've done a, a pretty good job of getting the venues ready. And, you know, their complaints about the quality of the water and that kind of stuff is it, that's always going to happen when you've got an Olympics coming. And it sounds like they're doing a pretty good job down there. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to what should be, fantastic games inside the peloton here in boulder colorado i'm george thomas with dave toll dave your season yes you do have an off season but you really are you live cycling high points for you of 2015 road season no question worlds libby hill uh the 
the stage on Mount Baldy at uh, Amgen Tour of California when Alaphilippe won. That was incredible. And, and uh, Peter Sagan saved the the jersey. Well, he didn't save the jersey, but he was able to win it back the next day. But he had such an incredible ride. That was that was really really impressive. The women's stage of the USA Pro Challenge in Golden was was unbelievable. Certainly a, a, one of those moments that you. You hope that people who are questioning whether women's professional cycling can grow and be viable in America, you hope that they could see that or feel that energy. Those would probably be the the big three, I guess. I always leave something out that I regret later. But yeah, that was those would certainly be the three of the top five, at least. And things you're really looking forward to seeing in twenty sixteen, Rio excluded. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing events like Gila and Cascade and the second tier, Nature Valley or uh, North Star Grand Prix uh, coming back is really good to see. I want to see us build up our calendar and uh, and put more events in places that make sense in America and keep the events that are so critical, the cornerstone events. Like it's not the Amgen tours, the Utahs and the pro challenges that I'm, I'm worried about. It's the, that next tier, that next layer of races that if you're a cat two, you want to find out if you're a stage racer, well, you're not going to get in the USA pro challenge to find out, but you do go down to Gila. Joe Martin is another one. Mm -hmm. These are the races where you can get recognized and you can find out whether you're cut out for this or not. And there's, a, there's been a lot of tears shed at Gila, I guarantee you. But, uh, but and a few of them of joy. But, uh, but uh, there have been a lot of broken dreams out there too. We find out how hard this sport really is. But until you want to go race against those guys, you're never really going to know. Your lab numbers are going to never really going to tell you whether you're going to be at that level. What is it about road that draws you? I know you enjoy mountain bike racing. You enjoy cyclocross, but road really seems to be. It's the, the essence of racing. You love it's, I think it's the essence of racing. It's the, the tactic of it, the, the, the history of it. Um, you know, the, the fact that you can, um, go and do the same climbs as these guys that uh, were doing it 50 years ago. Uh, uh, yeah, it, the romanticism of road racing still remains uh, palpable for me. Um, the, the, the experience of being around that kind of speed and color and sound when you go to a race, all of those things uh, make road racing, I think, the best. It's hard to to hold any of those things I say not true to cyclocross as well. But I think that cyclocross and road really are just so cross-pollinated. There's so many similarities to the, the two sports. Tactics are different. I get, I get they're different, but what makes them attractive, a lot of it is the same. You know, one last thing I wanted to ask you about the 2015 road season was there anything technologically that came through that really stood out to you this season? Well, the cameras on the bikes is huge. Okay. Uh, electronic shifting is big. Um, uh, you know, I think we kind of hit the limit with carbon as far as, you know, the lightness of the bikes. And the, the bikes are built so well now. The, the carbon wheels. Uh, I guess the, the, the other thing has to be uh, disc brakes and knowing that they've been used now in, in the Welta and uh, – I think the thing with disc brakes is either we have to get everybody on them or no one on them. 
because the the you're as a rider yourself, you know the way you set up a corner and the, and where you begin your your braking track is going to be completely different when you've got a disc brake. And if you've got some guys on carbon wheels that can't slow down, well, you've got some guys setting it up differently with disc brakes, it's going to be carnage. So I guess that's my, the disc brake thing makes all the sense in the world to me. It's just, I, I can't imagine how we don't either get everybody on them or nobody on them. Here we are on the first week of November. What, uh, what are you most looking forward to coming up? Well, I got a good run. Um, uh, it, it's all Ohio and Kentucky for me, but the next three weeks are Cleveland, uh, Cincy and Louisville. Uh, it's a really sweet, sweet time of the year for cyclocross. And that's where the best racing is. And, and, uh, that's what I'm doing. All right. Dave Toll. Great seeing you. You too, George. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your holiday. Well, no, I'll see you before the holidays. That's true. Right on. Okay. Dave Toll, George Thomas here in Boulder, Colorado, inside the Peloton.